0: TriVita presents Healthy You with your host, Michael Ellison. Well, welcome to Healthy You. Our whole purpose of our program is to find insights and ways in which you can improve your health and your well being and uh, fulfill your life, your potential, and your destiny. Uh, Today, again, I am really privileged to have Dr. Shad Helmstetter. He's Ph.D. Uh, He is author of 20 books and uh, one that uh, obviously he is noted for all over the world, in fact, in 70 countries, and that is the book called What to Say When You Talk to Yourself. Uh, Dr. Helmstetter, it is a joy to have you back uh, with us on Healthy You today.
1: Thank you. It's great to be back with you.
0: We spent our uh, last program uh, talking a lot about the science and uh, the possibilities of practicing self-talk. I believe that this program is going to give more into the tools and the techniques that you provide in your book. I found them to be very helpful and, again, very insightful. And I'm excited to be able to share these with our listeners I'm sure that there are new people who have joined with us that weren't on the previous program, so I'd like for you to, again, define self-talk for our listeners. Would you please do that?
1: You bet I will. Uh, Self-talk, as we know it now and as we're using it today, is the term that we apply to literally rewiring our brains. And the way it works in its simplest form is every message you get is recorded by your brain, and those messages that are repeated and repeated most often actually rewire new neural networks into your brain. So your self-talk is not just something that is kind of uh, passive and doesn't really affect your life. It could be said that your self-talk or the rewiring and the wiring of your brain is one of the single most important steps you can take learning self-talk to designing, determining, and living out your future in the best possible way.
0: So then as we do self-talk, you're saying that it rewires over the top of negative talk. Like for example, I know a a key leader uh, who – basically uh, just, I mean, crashed and failed miserably. What I knew about him is that his father, when he was a very young boy all the way through his teenage years, who his father was very successful in multimillionaire type status, but for some reason he just couldn't believe that his young son was going to amount to anything and he kept saying to him, uh, you're never going to amount to anything. You're never going to accomplish what I've been able to accomplish in my life. He didn't go on to say, if you would do, he just left it there. And that became like almost a you know, self-fulfilling destiny of he wouldn't amount. He performed at a very high level, but eventually he crashed. Do you have any insight related to that?
1: Yes, that, that part of the brain – that stores all those messages that that young boy got and then grew up with, that part of the brain doesn't know the difference between something that's actually true and actually false. It just records it, stores it like a computer would, and then it acts on the programs that are strongest. So what, what happened in his life, if we could use that as an example, or anyone like that, all of us to some extent, we do end up living out the programs we got that We all live out the programs we got that were strongest. And if our programs are the wrong kind, then then that creates most of the challenges that we confront in life. If, on the other hand, we decide to change those programs, we've learned from the field of neuroscience that those programs aren't permanent if we choose to override them and change them. So if we get enough new programs of the right kind, the kind that tell you that you're capable and that you've got all of the potential that you need to accomplish something in your life, those kinds of programs, repeated often enough, can actually not only override the old programs, but they erase them and replace them. Uh, in the field of neuroscience, it's called pruning, which I think is really interesting because that's what we do when, when we're like trimming bushes or, or something. We cut off the things that we don't want there anymore so that the better growth can grow, so that the, the better roses can bloom. And the brain works exactly the same way. But we have to start with giving the brain a new replacement program, and that's what positive self-talk does.
0: Yeah, that's great. In your book in chapter nine, you talk about the five levels of self talk. And uh, uh maybe I've I've leapfrogged forward for you from where you're at, but I was really taken up with the uh level one of self talk, and then there's level two. Level one is the level of negative acceptance and it's the I can't. Uh take us through those those five levels. Of uh, yeah, the, self-talk, the,
1: the the first the first level is the most common level of self-talk, and if you were analyzing your own self-talk, which you you don't necessarily have to, but if you wanted to, you you'd you'd find that the first level, most common, is the level of negative acceptance. That's where things aren't going well, and you just you just agree with that. So that's usually identified with the words "I can't," uh, "I can't." do this or I'm not good enough or I'm not smart enough or I don't have enough money or I never have enough luck. All of those kinds of things are a very natural, normal level of self-talk. Very, very destructive. D- dangerous, actually, but it's very common. So that would be, I can't. Level two, as we, if we start to study it a little bit or, or practice self-talk, we would learn that the, the next level going up is the level of recognition and need to change. So that would be like, you know, I need to, or I need to stop smoking, or I, I really need to, I should exercise more. Um, that doesn't necessarily get you anywhere because there's nothing in those, in level two that makes a choice to make the change, but at least you're recognizing it. And then level three is when you start to take control and you say, I never or I know I never smoke. I no longer uh, miss my exercise program. That's a big Um, change
0: right there, Doc, from where you were. And I should, because I should, (laughs) I think is probably the majority of the uh, guilt release, right, that people have. Uh, to show some intention that they could do things differently or they could do things better. And so they make some feeble effort in of a I should or I could, but yeah, they never get beyond that. Yeah, and it turns out to actually that. work against
1: you. Yeah, that, level two, I should, works against you because if you finish the sentence, it's always I should, dot, 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 but I'm not going to. Or, right. But I won't. <laughs> or But I never do. So that one ends up being thoroughly negative self-talk. But it
0: reinforces, right? I mean, that's the point. When we say that, when you get to that dot, 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 we reinforce, but I probably won't. Or we have some rationalization as to why we don't do what we should, which is reinforcing the negative, right, in the mind so the behavior continues.
1: It's reinforcing it, and it's literally physically, chemically rewiring it and making it stronger. Wow. So, when you say I should, but I'm not, um, I should, but I won't, you're actually wiring that same bad program and making it stronger.
0: Yeah, good point. All right, so then on level three, you've got I never, dot, 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 I no longer, the level of decision to change.
1: Yeah, and that's the turning point. That's the turning point of self talk, where you say, I never argue for no good reason. I never get angry for the wrong reasons. I never eat more than I should. Um, That sounds like it might be a negative, but it's actually you getting in touch with you and and saying, I've decided to make a choice. I've decided that there are some things about me that I don't like or I want to change. And so it's... a it's important to, to recognize the I never and I no longer kind of self-talk as long as you continue and go on from there to the next higher level of self-talk, the really good level of self-talk, which is level four, which is I am. I'm, I'm in touch, in tune, on top and going for it. I am capable. I'm qualified. I feel great today, today especially I'm on top of the world and I know it. When I just said that, I actually changed and uplifted the chemistry in my own brain just by saying that. Um, my brain was listening. And so it's not just talk. It's not just false enthusiasm. Even in, in saying that, if you were to just use level four self-talk and listen to it, let's say, every day for 15 minutes, your brain wouldn't care what you're giving it. It would simply say, oh, here's a new language. Here are some new things I'm supposed to learn. And, and, and they get recorded, and then they get wired in. So lo- I love level four self-talk. I'm, I'm on top, in tune, in touch, and going for it. But you can use that level of self-talk with literally anything in your life. I'm good with relationships. I take care of myself. I really enjoy the company of others and they know it and it shows. Um I you could you could give you could come up with a thousand different important parts of life and say Shad say something in level four self-talk that would that we should wire in about that and we would find that there are many examples of things that we can say that would that we would say okay this is something I'd like to wire in instead of saying um, I always freeze in front of a group. Level four self-talk would say, "I have something to say. I care about others, and I tell them."
0: Yeah, that's really good. I'm um, back to the conflict. So when people say "I am" and their current behavior, let's just let's use that, uh, even in regard to "I am an overeater." Okay, if I if I say that, I've, then I'm just confirming it. Now I'm overeating, but I'm going to change my my self talk to where I only eat what my body needs to fuel it and for me to have optimal energy. There's a conflict with what I what I am doing and what I am saying. How long before that conflict subsides? Typically, is that three weeks. Okay? Three weeks.
1: Three weeks. Yeah, and it's purely, it's a, it's, it's a chemical reason. It takes a, a about three weeks for the new program, the, the new neural networks to begin to wire in permanently. So that it takes three weeks. So what happens is when you you say you, you might be eating too much of the wrong thing, and but then you're learning new self-talk. So you say, I only eat what I should and what's healthy and good for me. But at the same time, you're sitting at dinner and you're eating the wrong thing. All right, so you're saying, gee, this sounds like I'm lying to myself. Mm-hmm. Now, what you're actually doing is you're setting the record straight. The, the being a an, an non-thinking overeater, that was the lie. You, the original you wasn't an overeater. The, the original real you. The person you were born to be is the person who doesn't overeat and who, who does take care of himself. So all you're doing it, you're setting the record straight. It's it's in that process that you feel the conflict. Go ahead, feel the conflict. Just stay with it. If you're listening to self-talk, just keep listening. And then watch what happens at the end of by two weeks, and then three weeks, and then you find that, oh, that is the real me. The real me is healthy, and and I'm enjoying eating less, or I'm enjoying eating exactly the right amount. Um, I never eat more than I should. And then instead of saying everything I eat goes right to my waist, which is an old negative way of saying it... um, you you begin looking at food differently. You begin looking at your portions differently, and so on. So then the old lie goes away, and the old lie really was that you're a bad eater.
0: Yeah, that's a very important point. I think for all of us to learn is there there's a time of conflict and a time in which our belief is is being changed, which will eventually change the way we feel about ourselves and will lead to better behavior in alignment with what our self-talk is. So on level five, you go into the level five, and it's the level of of the affirmations. Can you just briefly talk about the level five self-talk?
1: Yes. I don't spend much time there because it's very nonspecific. But level five would be um, self-talk that sounds like, I am one with the divine universe and at peace therein. It's usually, affirmational self-talk is usually used in more or less of a um, a kind of a spiritual way, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't get you to work on time. So I spend all of my time at level four, which is um, I always do what I need to do when I need to do it. Uh, It's very, very specific. Whereas level five, the affirmation level, is nice, and I have nothing against it um, except that if I want to get better, I'm going to use level four self-talk because that's going to give me the specific steps I need to take to get there.
0: Yeah, very good. In your book, you talk about the brain literally grows cells for storing. So as you're practicing you know these levels, you know three and four as you move out of one and two, then are, are you saying that the brain is actually growing to be able to absorb and to store this new uh, self-talk?
1: Yes, it's wiring new circuits and new networks. And so if, if you're going to do something, let's say you decide to earn more income, And in the past, you've never felt that you earned enough or that you were capable of of it. And I'm using that only just because it's such a clear and simple example. Very good. That when you start... Telling yourself that you're very responsible financially and that you set goals and you, take, you follow the steps and you do everything you need to do to be more financially secure. When you begin using the right self-talk that's, that's written perfectly to help you do that, then what happens is each time you hear that self-talk phrase or those phrases, you're wiring new networks into place. But something else happens at the same time. Not only are you wiring new networks, which in time will begin to deplete or or prune out the old negative networks that you had recorded about financial failure or difficulty. But what happens is, in the brain those networks, the new ones, the positive new ones that you're wiring in, they're also trying to find other programs you already have that agree with that. So then they begin to attach and wire themselves to other things about you that are good, that will help you do that, like you're a hard worker, or that you're a good planner, or that you're very organized, or whatever they happen to be. So your brain is constantly searching for and finding other networks neural programs or patterns that will assist and support you with the new program you're giving yourself, which is one of the reasons we see the difference after about three weeks. We see it happened in a sort of profound way because, for instance, someone might be listening to self-talk to lose weight, and they're beginning to lose weight. They find themselves also getting to work on time, or they find themselves not yelling at their kids. What's happening is these new, more positive networks are talking to each other and wiring together. I think that's an um, that's just fascinating. Yes, that's it a, is. That's like a that's a miracle.
0: Yeah, this kind of goes along the line of um, of stacking habits in our lives around routines, yes. like I teach in uh, my in my book, the Ten Habits of Taking the Three R's. So you want the reward? We all are pretty good at you know, knowing what the reward is that we're looking for. It's then identifying the routines that we have in our life and putting the reminders in place. Like in dietary supplements, a lot of people, they know the reward of taking a dietary supplement, but if you're just going to continually try and remind yourself, okay, intentionally I need to take it because of the reward and you don't put it into a routine and you don't have a reminder for it, most likely, you won't do it on a consistent enough basis. The same thing with water is hydration. If you follow me around, there's a water bottle in front of me right now. There's a water bottle on my desk as far as in my office. There's one in my car. There's one in my bedroom. There's Everywhere I go is water. Why? Because I don't wait until I'm thirsty because that's too late. That's not hydrating. I want to be hydrated, and so the water bottle is my reminder – In the routines of what I do in my life, and I think that's what you're saying in regard to this, when we can, you know, put these into our routines of life and have those reminders for our self-talk, we can build overall in our life the awareness of positive self-talk.
1: Well put. (laughs) <laughs> on my next book, I'm going to call you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm inspired. You know, you're, you're, I'm inspired right with on. this
0: conversation with you because it it's life changing. If people will just understand the power of it, because it's more than goal setting and it's more than just positive mental attitude, you are rewiring your brain, and out of that, you're beginning to begin to think differently. When you think differently, you know the scripture. And we were talking just briefly before we, uh, you know, started the program. The scripture says, "As a man thinketh, or as a person thinketh, so are they." Right? Well, why does it say that? Because out of those thoughts, when you do that repetitively, you become what you think, and that's in your book. In fact, let, let, me, let me just read what you said in your in your book. In your first chapter, you say, "You are everything that is: your thoughts, your life." Your dreams come true, you are everything you choose to be. You are as unlimited as the endless universe. Well, I interpret that as that God has given us our brain and the way that we think and it can lead us to really unlimited potential in our lives. So, I'll I'll now I'll now let you expound in regard to the difference between uh goals and uh, positive mental attitude and what we're talking about rewiring, and living out the rewiring?
1: Well, the goal is the objective. Overcoming the problems are the steps to reach that objective. I'm a strong, strong believer in goals. And I'm also a strong believer in breaking goals down into individual steps. But you'll find that when you're, when you're coaching someone, for instance, or when a, a, when a good coach is coaching someone, one of the first things they'll do is they'll help their client identify their goals, and then they help them break those goals down, mm-hmm. the, the objectives down into attainable or doable mm-hmm. steps. Mm-hmm. The people who do that without changing their self-talk can do it. They can reach the goal but they often have to struggle to do it. People who set the, the exact same goals with the same steps but change their self-talk at the same time not only find that they, the challenges are fewer, they're, they're able to overcome them more easily. They find um, better ways to solve the problem. They also have the self-belief to stay with it because they see themselves actually a, achieving the goal as opposed to just hoping they get there. And that part of them, that comes from their self-talk. So I'm a strong believer in goals, and I'm a strong believer in self-talk. And when you put those two together, you'll find that's why people who win consistently, that's why they win. And that's that's very true in sports. It's also true in the rest of life.
0: And it's probably true on the opposite of that in regard to New Year's resolutions, you know so many people they start off the new year, which is you know kind of a thing that a lot of people like to do and do, yeah, but they haven't learned the technique or have they resourced the tools such as your book in regard to how do i how do I change my self talk in order for the new year resolution or what I desire to have happen in my life. And if you don't, yes, and it's so, all it is is just a resolution, you soon get weary because you don't have the right support mechanisms.
1: Yes, the, the same old non-believer tackles the new resolution. If the same old non-believer, that would be the the non-believing mm-hmm. part of ourselves that doesn't that had trouble with it last time. We haven't given us ourselves any. New to help us reach the resolution this time, so the chances are we're not going to reach it. In fact, the, the the likelihood is that we won't reach the resolution. We won't make it happen, and that's because we're back into autopilot by January third. You know, we make the goal. We've set the resolution on January first, and by about the second or third. of our programs that are negative and work against us, they're back in control. They're flying the plane. So, no, we're not going to reach the resolution. It's not going to work. And then what we do, because it didn't work again, is we just rewired one more defeat into our brain and told our brain, that's the way I am, which wasn't true in the first place, but it became true.
0: Yeah, we've chosen almost to live a false belief about ourselves just simply because we're not supporting the belief that we desire with the right self-talk and to build belief. Because in your book, you talk about that out of our belief comes our attitudes, and out of our attitudes comes our feelings, and out of our feelings comes our behavior, and then the desired result. So
1: that, and that all starts with programming. Mm-hmm. That all starts with with the messages we get. Unfortunately, most of our life and the lives of most of the people we know starts with passive programming. That is, nobody's trying to make their life difficult for them. Parents, most parents, aren't trying to tell their kids they're not going to make it or they're going to fail. Some do, but that's just because the parents are repeating the programs they got. Mm-hmm. it 's just this long this endless cycle of parents teaching their kids the wrong programs who teach their kids the wrong programs, and then eventually somebody comes along and changes that and and then their kids have a better shot but But nobody really tries to do it actively it's it 's passive programming, and so when but it 's still strong programming, and what that means is we make passive choices, which is to say. I'm either not going to think about what I need to do to get better or I don't think about it at all or I, I don't know the steps to do it. And, and so our old programs just come in and say, it's all right, just just come on, go ahead. You know who you are. You know that you, you're you not born to succeed. You're not one of the, the chosen few and so on and so on. That's all passive. We don't really try to do that. And then even people listening to a an in-depth conversation like this, who want to do something about it, some of them will and some of them won't. And I do have to say, those who don't do anything about it, it's probably not their fault because they got programmed and those programs are strong and maybe they're, maybe they're too strong unless you say, hold it, Dr. Shad and Michael are making sense. I am going to do something about this. I can do something about this. I choose to do something about I choose to change my self-talk. That may be one of the best lines of self-talk. I choose to change my yes.
0: self-talk. powerful. Well, one of my favorite chapters in your book is Overcoming Personal Growth Stasis. And um, in that, you talk about the dynamic of living in one space between two opposing positions and how that stasis is the ultimate enemy. Uh, I would like for you to just, uh, in a couple minutes, if you would, give us a a good understanding of that, because I think so many people get caught in the fire of their enemy.
1: We are living at this moment directly between our past and our future. Mm. And unless we have the right self-talk and the right programs... To launch us forward into a future that's even better than the, that past, we will tend to stay where we are. We've got this. We rely psychologically on the past. We it, it's a known, even if it didn't work that well. Uh, it, there's a comfort in not moving. There's a challenge in moving. There's an uncertainty in moving forward and making the future different. So, because of that. We, Most people, in, unless they change their programming, people will stay where they are now, and that's why you can meet someone at a, at a high school class reunion, on the fifth reunion, and on the 20th reunion, and on the 30th reunion, and you'll find out they're pretty much in the same place. They've gotten older, but they're pretty much in the same place. And then now and then we'll meet someone who, who has really launched forward. They got out of stasis. So stasis is the enemy, and it's, it's, it has a natural neurological cause, and it has a natural way to overcome it. And to overcome it, you have to change the programs that are keeping you there, and those are the programs that help you move forward instead of stay where you are or rely on your past. I've said to people in, in, in large audiences, I've said, I don't want to sound like I'm not compassionate because I'm very compassionate, but I don't care what happened. I don't care where you've been. I don't care what went wrong. What I care about is what you choose to do next. Because no matter how tough we've had it, and we've all been there, we've all had troubles and problems and challenges, too many to mention, too many to name, and yet those aren't what count. I consider those, those experiences just part of school, part of learning. What we do next, what you choose to do next, that's what really counts. So it's not who you were, it's not where you've been, it's not what you did, it's what you choose to do next and then what you do about that. That has a lot of light in it, that has a great deal of hope in it and a great deal of promise because that lets you look at that infant that you were in the in the bassinet hours after birth with that unlimited potential in front of you and you realize it's still there. I've been ignoring it, I, I didn't realize it, was, but it's still there and now you get to go for it.
0: Oh, it's beautiful. Purpose is an amazing part of our life. I, I say no matter what age you are, there is always purpose unless you're ready to move from this life on because while we're here on earth, there is purpose. And what you're saying is that purpose okay, can be far greater than what it is today by simply following these self-talk principles and rewiring and reprogramming a new belief in our brains about ourselves. So Dr. Shad, it's been a joy to uh, have you on the program. You can get his book at Amazon, What to Say, When You Talk to Yourself, and also you can go to uh, uh, ShadHelmsteder.com and you can find his material there. Uh, It's been a real joy to have you on the program today, and for those of you who are listening, I believe that you've received uh, new ways to think and new ways to fulfill your life and your purpose. I'll give the last word to you, uh, Dr. Shad.
1: Go forth and have an incredible day and have an incredible life. It's your choice and you get to do it. And it's a lot of fun doing it.
0: Thanks for listening to Healthy You.
1: To learn more about our guest, check the episode notes to find books, products, and services mentioned in this episode. This
0: is provided for your information only and may not be construed as medical advice or instruction. These statements are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. It is intended for your general knowledge only and not a substitute for professional medical advice or treatment for any specific medical conditions. Always seek the advice of your physician with any question you may have regarding a medical
1: condition.